painted nails. And that hair! Although, I must admit that I found her to be a very pleasant young woman. Blanche Fowler tried to soften her criticism, because she really did like the rector's new wife, despite the fact that she was a very modern young woman. If you ask me, a rector's wife should behave with a little more decorum. Well, a lot more decorum, actually. Mrs. Bailey's wiped her hands down the front of her floral apron. Pass me that basket, will you, Blanche, if you don't mind? I think that's Mrs. Halliwell's offering. Her homemade gingerbread is always very popular. Oh, yes. Look, gingerbread and a nice sandwich cake. <laughs> She's done us proud. Would you like to cut them up, please, Blanche, and arrange them on a plate? And uh, there are some fancy doilies over there. Yes, as I was saying, our rector's new wife leaves a lot to be desired. Ah, well, he's made his bed, and I reckon he'll have to lie on it. But if you ask me, you'll soon live to regret it. But nobody is asking you, are they? thought Ruth Makepeace. She was quietly getting on with her task of setting out the cups and saucers. They were using the church's best crockery today. Not china, to be sure, but a good quality earthenware with a willow pattern design, as it was a special occasion. Ethel's remark was very apt under the circumstances, although Ruth doubted that the older woman was intending to refer to the newly married couple's honeymoon bed. It had been very much on Ruth's mind, however, over this past week, while the Reverend Simon Norwood and his new bride were honeymooning in Scarborough. At one time Ruth had nursed hopes that she might be the chosen one, but it was not to be. As soon as Simon had met the newcomer to the small town, Miss Fiona Dalton... That had been it. It had eyes for none of the others who might have had aspirations to become the rector's second wife. All in good time, of course. He had to be given time to grieve and to adapt to life on his own. But there'd been quite a few helpful and hopeful young women who'd made their way to the rectory door bearing a homemade fruitcake or a batch of scones. Ruth had not been so blatant in her quest, she had, in fact, held back, believing that Simon might well turn to her in his own good time. They were friends already, and had been so almost as long as Simon had been in the parish. As secretary to the church council, Ruth had come to know him and his wife Millicent quite well. She had never really taken to Millicent, though, a very humorless woman, as some of the others had just been remarking, but one who'd held firm opinions and had known her own mind. At least she'd done her best to keep Madame Bayliss and company in their place, and Ruth had admired her for that. Fiona, the new Mrs. Norwood, would certainly have her work cut out there, she pondered. In the months following his wife's sudden death, Simon had turned to Ruth, who was more or less the same age as himself, for companionship and friendship. Nothing more than that, although she'd fancied she'd seen a look of admiration in his eyes that might well have turned to affection— and she had found herself growing more and more fond of him, believing that it was only a question of time before her feelings were reciprocated. Which was why it had been such a surprise to her and to the other members of the congregation when the rector was seen to be quite openly paying attention to the newcomer to the parish. And then, a few months ago, less than two years since his wife's death, he had announced that he and Miss Fiona Dalton were engaged to be married. The wedding had taken place at his own church, St. Peter's, 
in the small market town of Abbothwaite, in one of the northernmost Yorkshire Dales, on a Saturday in June 1965. Simon's friend from his college days, the Reverend Timothy Marsden, had conducted the ceremony. Then he and his wife had stayed for the weekend, and he had taken the services on the Sunday, in Simon's absence. The tea party that was presently being arranged in the church hall was by way of being a welcome-home celebration for the rector and his new wife. It was what was known as a Jacob's Join meal, a northern tradition where each person brought their own contribution. The offerings would then be shared out amongst all the people who were present. Members of the congregation who intended to be at the tea party had been asked to bring their bags of goodies earlier in the afternoon, and the meal would then be prepared by a small team of helpers. They had also been asked to stipulate whether they would be bringing sandwiches or cakes, savouries or sweets, so that there would not be a glut.